I think a lot of people struggle when they lose because they're worried about what everybody else thinks. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck what everybody else thinks. What's going on, everybody? This is Rob Tyson, and this is the Climb Audio Documentary Journey. Today's topic's pretty juicy. I gotta be honest with you. It's called Dear Karina. Karina's my son's mother. Her and I have been in some type of relationship for eight years, close to eight years. Well, we're in a co-parenting relationship now, but we were together almost three years romantically, and we created a child. So today, I want to put things on the record, okay? I have nothing to hide. I never have anything to hide. I'm a man who's on a journey to better himself every single day, to constantly improve, but to leave the person I used to be, who I was ashamed of, back in the past where he belongs. Because that little poor, insecure, pathetic person, plugged in, beta male that I used to be, no longer exist. No longer exist. Because I learned to be who I am today. Strong, resilient, brutally honest, tough. To be a fucking man. To be a man. Because I decided that no one's going to hand me anything. No one's going to save me. Only I'm going to save myself. So let's get right into it. Let's start from the beginning. So when I first met my son's mother... I was coming to, I was doing a training in Dallas-Fort Worth. I was working for this company. It was an insurance company. It was my first real major corporate job. I had graduated college when I was 25, a little late because I quit for two years. You know, didn't really know what I was doing. I thought I was going to be a professional beatboxer. So I graduated around 25, 26, I believe, maybe. A little late. And um, I... Um, You know, instantly got a job right after college, right after I graduated. And um, to fast forward a lot of stuff from San Antonio, I moved to Dallas-Fort Worth. And, you know, I went through training there. I don't know how many weeks it was, maybe three weeks of training there. And um, anyway, they said, what city do you want to be? And I said, I want to be in Austin. I said, okay. And, you know, there was a top office in Austin, right? One of the top producing offices in the country and they were like yeah they'll take you you know whatever whatever i guess you have to qualify to go there anyway so um i go to that office i'm fast forwarding a lot and i reach out to my buddy and one of my buddies was like hey man i was like hey man i need to meet somebody who knows a lot of people because i need to grow business and I need to grow my book. And he was like, oh, man, I got somebody to I got somebody to meet. You can meet. Well, it was my son's mother. He was like, man, I got to warn you, though. She's kind of crazy, you know, like and I was like, what do you mean by that? And she was like, ah, she's kind of wild. She parties. Da, 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 da. And I was like, oh, OK. I was like, I really don't want to meet a party animal. He goes, no, no, no. She's good. She's cool. He told me some other stuff. I'm not going to share it here on this podcast. But, you know, that guy was known to be uh he was kind of not trustworthy, in other words, right? So I was like, yeah, whatever. So I, I didn't really take his word fully, but anyways. So I reached out to her on Facebook. And I remember she said something to the effect of, did we meet in another life? And I was like, what? Who is this girl? I thought she was pretty funny. Anyway, 
you know, eventually we meet. And I'm sitting down at a place in the domain in Austin. It's a restaurant. I forgot what it was called. Oh, it's called The Park. And I was with one of my fraternity brothers from college. We're sitting there, we're having drinks or whatever. I see her walking up and I'm like, oh my God, this girl's beautiful. Wow. I tell my buddy and I tap him on the shoulder. I was like, dude, she's hot. When I saw her, I rarely spoke. I didn't say one word. I don't know. It was like something overcame me. It was weird. Usually I talk a lot. I didn't say anything. I was a little intimidated, to be honest with you. I didn't know what to say. And then I was kind of looking her up and down. I was observing her. I was kind of like analyzing the situation. She kind of seemed a little awkward and bubbly and very sweet and genuine and kind of mysterious at the same time. And I was like, yeah, she's interesting. I kind of like her. But I don't know, man. I'm here. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not here for that. I'm here to grow my book of business. I need to focus. I need to focus. I need to focus. So I took that in consideration. I, um, I focused. I was like, you know what? I can't do this. I got to stay focused. And it makes sense now because people who know me now know how freaking disciplined I am. <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't drink, you know, I, I stick to a diet. I work out every day. I'm very, very, very disciplined. I'm proud of that. So I told myself, I was like, you know what? No, no, no. So I basically told her, you should talk to my friend. I'm not going to say his name. You should talk to him. And she was kind of like thrown off a little bit, right? She was like, what? Because there, the, there was no business conversation. I think she thought that I was trying to, you know, maybe talk to her and get to know her or something like that. No, I was there for business, dude. I wanted to make money. I didn't care about no girls. And maybe she picked up on that, right? And so she kind of got thrown off by it all. And she was just like, what? So her and my friend kind of started dating. But not really. They kind of just like made out and stuff, I think. It was kind of weird. So anyway, I was like, yeah, whatever. So then about a month goes by and then I reach back out and I was like, hey, you know, I apologize. I didn't mean to like stiff you and snub you. I'm just really focused. And, you know, you seem like a really great girl. Maybe we should meet up for some pizza and a beer and let's get to, you know, maybe have a let's start over. Basically, that's what I said. So we did. And we and she met me up at a place on Great Hills. It was like a pizza and, and pizza place, basically. So we got a pizza and beer. And we got to know each other. And that was when we decided to really get to know each other, right? So I was like, okay, you know, this girl's great. I thought she was a waitress, honestly. I really did. I was like, man, why is a how does a waitress like know so many people? And I was like, oh, it makes sense, right? You know, like maybe she's like a manager at a restaurant. A bunch of people go in there. She has a lot of clientele. Well, it turns out, like, I didn't even find out she owned a business because she didn't even tell me anything till like, way later. I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, whatever. I lived in a little rinky-dink apartment. And because um, I was just getting going, right? I was just getting my corporate career off the ground. Well, we start, we start dating. I think it was maybe August of 2014. Yeah, something like that. When we started, oh, well, no, no, no. May of 2014, excuse me. May of 2014, we start really kind of like dating. And then April, sorry. Jeez, keep changing. Like around April 2014. And then May, we kind of make it exclusive, right? And then we started dating, you know, kind of going through the motions. I'm making money, you know, I'm starting to, you know, make, you know, three, four grand. And I make some sales and training. I'm still training. 
So then when I first go on my first live week, I made like $6,000. I was like, oh, great. Well, the following month, she takes me to a, a seminar called Unleash the Power Within Tony Robbins. <laughs> that changed my life. I remember it ruined me. <laughs> well, it ruined me in, in our case of our relationship because I... um. I was like, what am I doing? I don't need to be working for anybody. I'm not an agreeable person. I'm not a plugged in person. I'm a go, I'm a go-getter. I belong. You know, I belong where, where Tony is. I belong where all these entrepreneurs are. Well, that was the beginning of the end for our relationship right there. Because I quit my job like the next year. I think it was in February. I quit my job. I was like, oh, back and forth. She was like, actually, I didn't quit my job right then and there. I think I quit my job. Like maybe the following, close to the following, maybe almost a year later, like in April of 2015 or 20, somewhere around there. And then she's like, it's all good. You know, like I'm making plenty of money, you know. Well, actually, I kept my job. Let me let me take that back. I did keep my job. But in the back of my mind. I kept thinking I need to quit my job ever since going to that Tony Robbins event. That's right. I was still, I did keep my job. It was the following year after my son was born. It was like 2016. My son was like a few months old. I had quit my job. She was like, don't worry, you know, stay home, take care of Ari. The biggest mistake any man can make. Let me tell you that, man. Don't you ever do that. Don't you ever, 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 ever quit your job and be a stay-at-home dad, dude. I don't care who you are. Unless you have billions of dollars or millions of dollars and you got all these nannies to help you out, don't do it. It was the biggest mistake I could make because she lost so much respect for me. Even though I was a stay-at-home dad, I was constantly there for my son. I was changing every single one of his diapers. I bathed him every single night. Every night. Every night. We had such an impeccable bond. We still do to this day. That's why he loves, he loves being with me. You know, but I bathed them every single night and um, it was amazing, right? It was it was a bond that I, I've loved being a dad. Well, as time progressed on, she started losing more and more and more respect for me because she started getting agitated with any little thing that I did, right? And this is the plugged in beta boy bitch that I used to be. I was insecure, didn't know who I was, hadn't found myself yet, had no fatherly figure inside my uncle wasn't in my life at that time my grandpa had died when i was a sophomore in college i had nobody all i had was like hollywood and thinking to be romantic and being a little beta simp male was going to get me somewhere it didn't get me anywhere it got me a just big slap in the face well let's fast forward we were just fighting back and forth you know she was getting belligerent you know she would get drunk you know, I was just trying to cope with everything. I was just trying to be present, be a great dad. And it was just getting toxic, toxic, toxic. I couldn't be there. I was like, I need to get out. I wanted to leave so bad, but I did not want to be one of those guys that left my son. And I remember there was nights where I had bouts and bouts and bouts of anxiety. I mean, severe anxiety, man. I don't even know how I got through it, but I got through it. Well... We moved out of the house we were in. We moved downtown. We lived downtown for about a year. Things were still kind of rocky. Fast forward a little bit. We moved to Terrytown. A weekend, we broke up. 
she was like, I'm out of here. Deep down inside, I was like broken. And the reason I was so broken, (laughs) here's the thing that people get it mixed up. Okay, no disrespect to her. I love her and I respect her so much to this day. But people get it mixed up because they think that I'm sad about her. I don't, there's no disrespect to her. I couldn't care if her name was Katrina or Stephanie or Kelly. She could have been anybody. The thing that really destroyed me is that my family is broken. And that is what I grew up with, a broken family. And she took it away from me. Right? And I remember she said, I never even wanted to be with you in the first place. I just wanted a baby. Whether she meant that or not, it stuck with me. And it still sticks with me to this day. She's like, I just wanted your baby. I didn't care to be. I didn't ever think that I was ever going to be with you anyway. (laughs) That's what she told me. She'll deny it all up and down, but I will never forget that. And she would crush me. Not that I would, that I lost her. It crushed me that my family was broken. So I was stuck in a close to 3000 a month rent. She left. I had to figure it out. September of 2017 is the day, is the month. I don't remember the day. I think it was 9th. That's the month and the year that I was born. That's when I started becoming a man. I said, man, life will beat the crap out of you. And there ain't nothing you can do except respond back and say, okay. And this takes me back a little bit further to my childhood. Let me take you back real quick. The reason I've always been this way is fighting back and never give up. This was a theme for my life. Let me give you a little glimpse of my childhood real quick. When I was four years old, my family got me a um, a bike with um, training wheels on it. And I remember it to this day. I even saw it on video, but I still remember it. It was a blue, blue and green bike. And it had green training wheels on it. And so... They said, okay, let's, you can start riding it now, Robert. That was my name, Robert. And I got so mad. I was like, take the training wheels off. I want to do it without the training wheels. And they were like, no, you need the training wheels. No, 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 take them off. So finally, my mom's boyfriend took them off. And I told everybody to go inside. And they were like, no, no, no. I told everybody to go inside. Let me do it by myself. I want to do it by myself. And they didn't want to. And they finally let they finally let me do it by myself. So I got on the bike. And I used the chain link fence. To, to hold myself up. And I taught myself how to ride a freaking bike. That's the theme of my life. So going to fast forward a little bit more. I remember I was having nightmares consistently. And my grandma, I go to my grandma's bed. I go, Grandma, I'm having nightmares. Can I sleep with you? She gets up. She goes, come over here. She was a very stern lady. Listen to me. God is strong. You face those demons and those evil spirits. And you tell them God is with you. And they will go away. Okay, mijo? I was like, okay, Grandma. 
So I remember going to bed that night and I started having nightmares again. And I remember like there was this dark figure and I just kept facing it. And I was like, you're not going to hurt me. And I was like scared at the same time. And it went away. And I remember waking up the next morning. I was like, grandma, grandma, I faced the demons and the evil spirits and they went away. And he, she was like, oh, that's good, mijo. <laughs> so let's fast forward. It's 2017 demons and evil and bad energy and bad people and bad situation i said okay i was like all right motherfucker this is the car this is the hand i'm gonna be dealt let's roll bitch let's go and that was it that's when my life began i started figuring shit out you know what i'm in corporate america I'm going to go try to get a better job. I was still kind of plugged in a little bit, but I was like, you know what? I'm just going to use this shit until I figure out what I need to do. So a couple years before that, a year before that, I was working at this insurance tech startup. I met this guy who is now my partner in my company. But I remember I'll fast forward that situation a little bit too. Basically him and I, before he left the company, he said, you and I, we should work together in the future. <laughs> well, that ended up happening few years later actually it's pretty funny came around full circle so i go from one corporate job i don't do anything i'm sitting there they supposed to have an open territory for me it never opened up because the person never left so i was just kind of in limbo there getting paid just to open up other opportunities for other sales executives there and just kind of in limbo for a year and i was trying to figure it out and then another almost year goes by Still no territory opens up, so they're trying to figure it out. And they're like, well, you know, he's not doing a bad job. He's not doing a good job. And I'm just kind of like, what am I doing here, dude? I was so unhappy. I never wanted to be at that company in the first place. It was just a job to me. At this whole time, I was consuming, 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 consuming sales content, like business entrepreneur content. I mean, for for a whole year, every single day, just reprogramming, reprogramming, reprogramming developing who I am, developing who I am, just sitting through the pain of losing my family, breaking up my family, having my two-year-old son, you know, being there for him, showing up, trying to pay for this, trying to pay for that, trying to freaking survive, dude, didn't freaking know what I was doing. And I started getting smarter, I started getting wiser, I started getting more, more bold, right? And there were days, folks, there were days I'd wake up in the mind. There was like a stint of time. I'd say about six months stint of time. Every single night, I woke up at three o'clock in the morning having a severe, severe panic attack. My heart would go 180, 190 BPMs, and I was just laying down in bed. I was extremely stressed out and just overwhelmed, lost, sad, broken. Still trying to figure it out, never giving up, still trying to figure it out, never giving up, still trying to figure it out, never giving up, consuming, 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 reading, 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 absorbing, absorbing, applying, absorbing, applying. I couldn't I couldn't apply what I was absorbing at this job I was at because it was a freaking job. I had to be a cookie cutter individual. I'm not a cookie cutter person. Bing. Then I realized I'm not a cookie cutter person. What do I have to lose? I've already lost everything. I lost everything that mattered to me. Family. It's broken. I'm in a separate household. 
My son's mother's going out, partying, going, dating all these different people. Doesn't care about anything except herself at the time. I had to deal with that too. It was demoralizing, heartbreaking, just sad. And I blamed myself. I blamed myself for not being a man. But also, I didn't have anybody to teach me how to be a man. But still, hey, you should have learned it earlier, bro. You should have learned this shit earlier. You should have fell on your face and taken more risks earlier in life. But no, you decided to play it safe and go to college and think that that was the right thing to do. Because I was indoctrinated to believe so. I can go into the broken system another day, but I digress on that. So anyway, still figuring it out, still figuring it out. Fast forward a little bit more. I get this high-level executive job, high-level salary. I go in. I'm excited. It's an insurance software company. Hire me as a director of sales. Go to one meeting. Get I get hired after seven interviews. Go to one meeting. It's great. Day two, day three. Great. All of a sudden, <laughs> here comes my son's mother back into the picture. Hey. You want to go with me to this corporate event, uh, corporate event at my new job? Sure. Well, she comes. And we're having a good time. We go float in the river. The next day, I get fired. Never told me why. I mean, I could only assume there were a bunch of overweight nerds. And uh, me and my son's mother were very good-looking people who were in shape and just didn't fit in. They told me I wasn't a culture fit. I said, fair. Bye. Well, a month goes by after that. Get hired, get hired after another seven interviews for this other company. I think two weeks in, they fired me. Said I wasn't a culture fit. I said, you know what? <laughs> That's it. The thing is, folks, for two years, I went through mental training for this moment of getting fired for the second time consecutively within two months. It had nothing to do with me. It had to do with the fact that I was ready to take on entrepreneurship. And when I was going into these corporate positions, I was the fucking man. And they couldn't tell me what the fuck to do. Who the fuck are you? Basically, that was my attitude. I was like, dude, I'm here to make fucking money. Don't tell me I have to do all this cookie cutter bullshit. That was my attitude, right? Well, of course, I got got fired. I have a big ass mouth. So I left. Called my buddy up that I worked with a couple years before that. And I was like, hey, I'm ready. Let's roll. That's what I told him, this role. <laughs> I was like, what do I need to do? He told me what I needed to do. Right? To go get my license. Boom. My company was born. So, throughout all this situation, all this heartache, all this ebbs and flows, ups and downs, I always had to have a strong relationship with my son's mother. She was brutal to me. She was brutal. I'll be honest with her. I'm not going to cookie cut any of this stuff. She was brutal. Very, 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 very cold hearted, cut and dry. I don't care who, I, you know, you're, you're nothing. Da, 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 da. Just show up for our son. Don't talk to me. Don't, don't, don't get out of my business. Da, 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 da. And then every now and then she'd come around and be like, oh, you know, how's it going? And then, you know. Then she'd go back on her escapades and going having fun. I'm dating this guy. Well, I'm dating that guy. I'm dating this guy. I'm dating, you know, whatever. Just really brutal. It's cold. You know, since then, she's grown up so much. Thank God. And um, 
It was just really tough. But there's one thing that I always did, and you can tell her, you can ask her this. I have always, always, always been there and showed up for our son. There's a reason why my son always wants to stay with me. I have a little, it's a nice studio, but it's a studio. It's a a luxury apartments, but it's a studio. Well, it's kind of like a one-bedroom hybrid studio type of place. Still like a one-bedroom, okay? But it's considered a studio. The fact is, it's small. She lives in a lot bigger place than me. My son always wants to stay with me. And she constantly says, well, you let him get on your shows all the time. Well, when he gets on his shows all the time at your place, he still wants to come with me. And that's okay. She can't stand that. <laughs> but she should be happy for that. I hope you're listening to this, Karina, because you know I'm a good dad. That's one thing that I'm great at is being a great father. I've always showed up for my son. Never made excuses to this day. So let's fast forward to today. I'm kind of skipping a lot of stuff. There's no need to go into all the details. Karina, I know you so well by now. I know you better than you than you could possibly imagine. I know you better than anybody on this earth, maybe besides your own family. But I know you intimately and I've known you inside and out, ups and downs. I've seen your worst. I've seen your best. I know when you <laughs> create debacles and diversions in order to change up a scenario like you did today. So today, this is the whole reason I created this podcast. Because I'm tired of it. I'm just sick and tired of it. Today, you know, when I was communicating with her, she was with another mutual friend of ours. They were having a play date. He has a chiropractic appointment at three chiropractic appointment at three o'clock. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And, you know, she knows that. Well, she had planned this whole day, this whole week or whatever. I let her know. Hey, reminder. She's like, what do you mean? Can we just skip it? He really needs to do this. And I was like, no, he can't skip it. He needs to go. Like, I made a huge investment. This is where the $4,000 over-exaggeration came in. It was actually like $1,900 for six months or something like that. Not, Not that bad. And she was like, okay, you know. But I was like, I really think this therapy's helping him. We just, I want to be consistent with it. I want to follow through with it. I want to go through with it. I want to go every day or when he's supposed to go. She was like, well, you know, he's having fun. Look, she sends me photos. I said, you know what? I'll reschedule it. Y'all have fun. Didn't hear from her for like 15, 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes. I don't know. All of a sudden she's like, I'm, I'm heading home, trying to rush home. And I'm like, why? And then I try to call her. Reject. Okay. Try to call her again reject i was like she's just texting so typically here's the pattern i picked up from you karina typically when there is something that you're trying to not acknowledge or look away from you usually ignore my calls and i'm like okay so i picked up on pattern number pattern recognition number one diverting my calls even though there's no conflict at hand at the moment Literally diverting my calls, and I'm like, just wanted to pick up the phone and have a conversation. Hey, you know what? Hey, I already rescheduled. It's all good. And, um, you know, you can have fun. Well, I'm already heading home. I'm already around the corner. I'm already on Fifth Street. I missed my exit. Okay, okay. Well, you know what? It's, it's fine. You know what? I can still pick them up. Then all of a sudden, she gets really angry. I don't know where. I'm like, uh, why is she getting angry for? 
this is what you do. This is what you do. I'm like, what do I do? I said, I, I, I wasn't raising my voice. I said, hey, don't worry about it, hon. I, I love you. I love you so much. Because I do. I love her very much like a sister. And I tell her yeah, every now and then, not often, but every now and then, hey, I love you so much. I'll do it. Don't worry. I got it. So I, um, I, um, I said, okay. I said, don't worry about it. I'll go pick him up. You already told him. He's already ready to come. Don't worry about it. I didn't tell him anything. I didn't say anything. It's not in his head. I said, dude, it's okay. I'll go pick him up. I know you already told him. I know he's excited to come with me. He's been asking to come to my place the whole time. Just let him come. No, 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 no. Don't come. It's fine. Just, I, 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 he, he can just come on with me. You always do this. And I'm like, what do I always do? I always show up. I'm always there for you. I never make excuses. I always show up for Ari. No ands, ifs, or buts. I always move my schedule around. Is that what you're talking about? So I'm already on my way to go pick up my son. Go pick him up. And um, she comes out, and he comes out. And he's like, yeah, Daddy, I'm ready to go. And he FaceTimes me when I'm away over there before this. And he's like, Mommy said that you said that you don't want to come pick me up. And I said, no, no, baby. That's a lie. I do want you to come pick you up. So there she lied to my son, which is manipulative. And you shouldn't have done that, Karina. I hope you don't do that often. So she lied. And I said, I'm here, baby boy. And he was so happy to come see me. And he jumped in my car. And we went home. Or went to the chiropractic apartment. And then went to go get some Honest Mary's. Really good place up north. Got some bowls. Had a little almond flour cookie. And came home. Loved on them. We had fun. Played with the guinea pigs like we always do. Played with the puppets. Had a good time. So Karina, look. I picked up all your tactics now. I love you, sweetheart. You're you're my family member. Just stop. Okay? You're, you're talking to somebody who used to lie out of, its te- out of his teeth because I was so insecure. I was so, like, thinking that if I make up stuff to people that they'll like me. It's also a form of manipulation, too. Okay? When you're somebody who grew up insecure, you're probably a manipulator. I used to be. Okay, so when I'm getting manipulated after I've already shed that skin, it's still, I still recognize patterns. So stop doing that. Okay, just be forthright with me. Hey, you know what? If something came up, if you were diverting because your boyfriend was upset that you don't spend time with them or whatever you told me, whatever it was, whatever it may be, just tell me, hey, you know what? X want, um, XYZ wants to hang out with me more. He wants to hang out with me and Ari more. Cool. Is that cool? Sure. Yeah, fine. Yeah, heck yeah, dude. But no, you create diversions. You try to shock the system. You try to, cre- you try to create animosity between me and you because you know that's going to put distance between us. But that's the wrong way to do stuff. If you're trying to please your boyfriend or you're trying to please somebody else for the sake of creating, you know, by by creating animosity between you, me and you, that's just, you're kicking the can down the road and creating bigger problems, girlfriend. Stop doing that. I've recognized the patterns already. I've known you for eight years inside and out. Stop. There's no need to be doing that. And that goes for all the women out there. Quit it. Quit creating fake arguments or fake fights in order just to go out and do something. Just communicate it. And if the person you're with, like, okay, if, if I would have said, 
Well, no, I want to spend time with my son too. You can't. I don't want you to be spending time with, with your ex and our your your boyfriend and my son and y'all doing stuff. What I mean, if I were to do that, then that's on me. That's an asshole. But to accommodate the situation, of course, my son wants to be with me every day. He just loves hanging out with his dad at this age. It's probably going to change when he gets older. Maybe, maybe not. But he loves hanging out with his dad. Every What little boy doesn't like hanging out with his dad? That's a good sign that you're a good dad, right? So he loves hanging out with me. So quit the diversions. Quit the manipulation. I think very highly of you. I love you. You know, you're my son's mother, man. We've been to dick and thin together, dude. Okay, you're like my sister. You're like my soul sister. Come on, act like it. And here's another thing I want to call you out on. Okay. Anytime you meet somebody like a friend or an acquaintance and they talk about their situation, you always immediately put me under the bus and immediately compare me to that situation. Like you did today, probably. You know, you were having a conversation with with another mom. They were discussing their turbulent, toxic you know, past or relationship or co-parenting relationship, which is not even freaking close to ours because mine and yours is impeccable. And I'm one of those dads that constantly shows up and always wants to be in my son's life and always wants to be present and always wants to be a part of everything and will move everything around to be with my son. And you know it because I proved it since the beginning. And this other guy that you're comparing me to didn't want to be in their kid's life for the first few years of their life. And then all of a sudden wants to come back in, didn't do anything with his life didn't have a job, da, 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 none of that stuff. Didn't didn't have any ambition whatsoever. Still doesn't have any ambition whatsoever. And you're comparing me to that situation. If you were, how dare you? You've done that plenty of times before. Stop it. Stop. Okay? Then you took over that feminist role for a little bit. I know you kind of fell into that, but then you started hanging out with all these other feminists and started taking their side and started ganging up on me. The guy that always showed up for you. I've always been there for you when, when it comes to our son. I know I don't have to be there for you emotionally because you have your own boyfriend or whoever you're dating at the time that got you to get your back. That's fantastic. But dude, even when you need me emotionally, I'm always there for you, bro. Come on, dude. We're, we're bros. We're family. You immediately throw me under the bus to a stranger's perspective on me. Immediately. And there's something else I want to call you out on too. You know, a few years ago, you were ashamed to say that you had a baby with me. So you remember you kept saying, you told several people, because they've even told me this day, because you were ashamed, you were upset. My son was an accident. And I'll never, never let you forget that. I'll never, never, ever let you forget you saying that and i know it was a mistake and it's okay i forgive you for that it was a mistake that you said that i get it you were hurt you were lost you didn't know who you were since then you've grown significantly and i'm so proud of who you become dude i'm sure you're proud of who i become too i'm not perfect either not even close so anyway i just wanted to make this video for you or this audio for you for our future son I've always been there for you. I've never let up. I told you that if anything ever came down to it, that I would be there for you. And you know that. So my question to you is, why? Why do you always take a stranger's perspective or opinion over mine? The guy that has always been there and showed up for you. 
He's always been there and showed up for the most important person in our lives, our son. Always been there. Yes, you helped me financially. Folks, my son's mother has given me like 40 grand total. Whether it's just supporting me when I didn't have a job that, 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 that time frame when my son was a baby. And just recently giving me 20 grand to help me out with this loan situation that I was in. So great. So, so she offered. And I was like, yeah, I'll definitely pay you back for sure. And then something else came up and I was like, hey, can you give me another month? Sure. And then another investment opportunity came to the table. I was like, dude, this is a great way to pay you back. And you could make an investment. Heck yeah. And all of a sudden you take it off the table because you have a conversation with somebody and somebody puts something in your head. And then you do this often over and over and over again. I immediately become a stranger to you. Why? Why do you continuously do that to me? Because your boyfriend gets upset that you have a good relationship with me and he gets mad and says stuff like, you need to stop paying attention to him. You start listening. What does he know? Has he gone to the thick and thins of having a child? No. Has any one of your boyfriends gone through what we've gone through together, whether as a couple or as a co-parent? No. And you're taking their perspective. I get it. You care about them. You love them and you respect them. But think about this. Think about all the work I've put into this relationship, this co-parenting relationship, into our son, into being there for you. Even when you didn't have a boyfriend and you needed somebody to lean your shoulder on emotionally. I was there, unapologetically. I didn't have to be there. I could have remembered all the bad stuff that you had said and done to me in the past. But no, I was there because I showed up as a man. Now, as your man, as a man, because that's what men do. You are indirectly my duty and obligation to take care of you because if you're not happy, my son's not happy. And my son is my world. He's my world. So please, for the love of God, please understand that this isn't about romance. This isn't about me being in love with you. This is about me loving you because you're my son's mother. And whatever animosity you have towards me, settle it. Talk to me about it. Don't use manipulation tactics. Don't be the 15-year-old girl that creates a diversion and creates a fake argument so she can go and get her way. Stop it. It's super obvious already. You can deny this up and down all you want, but it's been the same pattern for almost eight years now, sweetheart. Thank you for contributing to my business. Thank you for helping me in financial situations when I've been in dire straits. I am always, always grateful for that. And I show up for you in other ways, even though financially I'm not able to get you everything and do all the things that I want to do, that I preach I say I'm going to do. It's a process. It's a process growing a business. You can't just take money out of a business. And say, oh, yeah. You get tax on that stuff. And I, there's a lot of things I don't know about it. I'm thinking I'm making, oh, yeah, I'm making X, Y, Z. Actually, you're only making X. What? We don't want to take this much money out because it's not earned income. What? There's so many things that I'm learning about it. So, yeah, when I tell you, oh, I'm making this much money, in reality, I'm like, oh, I'm still learning the game. But I'm making a living. And instead of giving me my kudos, which I don't need from you, but godly. You're putting me in categories from examples of other mothers who tell you about their bad co-parenting relationships. And you know what? Yes, I curse at you. And yes, I say mean things to you. You do it too. 
does that make you equally bad? Or does that just make me bad because you're the woman? Stop it. We are friends. You're my soul sister. That's how I feel about you. You can just say, I'm just some guy. All of a sudden, you can make it up if you want. But I remember you told me, you're my family. I love you. And you've told me numerous times. So if there's somebody that, that you want something from, like a, let's just say a business partner, and that business partner has beef with me, don't throw me under the bus because you want that business because you've done that before too in other ways, not just specifically, not even for business, but more personal relationships. You've dated somebody and because you were making that person mad because me and you had such a good co-parenting relationship, you shat on me. You ousted me. You try to create a barrier because that person didn't feel comfortable. Well, then that's on that person, dude. Yes, it's not an ideal situation to be in this blended family set type of relationship. I don't believe in that type of stuff. I think that the nuclear family, same mother, same father, you know, same blood is, is beautiful. I wouldn't want to be in this relationship. I wouldn't want to be in a situation where I have to share my child with some other stranger that I don't even know. But I have to deal with it because that's what you want. And I'm dealing with it like a man. Yes, I've gotten upset because you've dated people that I didn't agree with. And turns out that, you know, hey, you know what? I have to I have to live with it. I was stomping my feet. I don't want no other man near my kid. That's just a normal response from a dude who's been there from the beginning for their son. And all of a sudden, this guy comes up to chapter five. And I've been through chapter one through five every single step of the way. And then somebody comes in and steps into chapter five. I want to take your son fishing. I want to take him to play baseball. I don't think so, buddy. Take a step back. You can be a good mentor from the outside. I'm sure you can share a household with the kid. But if he wants to go do that stuff with you and he asks you to do it, cool. But don't be saying, hey, let's go play baseball, kiddo. No, dude, it's not how it works, buddy. (laughs) He can change one bad diaper. You can have your own kids for that, bud, if you're listening to this. So this is for the record, Karina, for our son in the future and just for me and you. So you can know that I genuinely love you as a family member. There's no romanticism in this whatsoever. There's no vendettas. I just want you to stop with the crap. Stop with the manipulation tactics. Stop. Yes, you've given me money and I'm going to give it back to you tenfold. I actually have a legit business now. I'm not working for anybody that you knew that I could not work for. Remember that? You were like, dude, you're not an employee. Dude, I'm making a legit business now. And it's growing. Thank you for investing in me. Thank you for supporting me because you've you have 15, 16, 17 years of experience over me in owning a business. Thank you. That means that you do support me. But bless your heart, dude. Can you support me mentally as well? And not throw me and create animosity based off of somebody else's insecurities or somebody else's perspective on me like that feminist chick that you were taking her side on? And talking crap about me. And then she turned out to push our kid on the ground. And it had to go that far for you to actually believe me. Come on. Come on. You're better than that. This is the Climb Audio documentary journey. I hope this finds you well, Karina. I love you. I do. You're my buddy, you're my pal, you're my soul sister. You can say, ah, you know, you're just my son's father. That's fine, but that's how I feel about you. I care about you, genuinely do. I want to see you thrive. I really do, and you know that. 
because anytime you ask me to watch Ari, I'm there. No questions asked. I hope you pay attention. See ya.